Welcome, everybody. I am back after a month on the road. Uh, I'm excited to have my pal Michael Parekh with me for uh, a podcast. And today we are going to uh, catch up on the markets, on the state of the markets. I want to cover a couple things, Mike. Uh, first being uh, Bill Gurley taking the, the conservative road and the Wall Street Journal and saying that although he liked to invest in Tinder, everybody else is chasing and is, is doomed. Uh, second is the Alibaba IPO and why uh, and what that means. Third is uh, Bill Ackman, who's having a, a great comeback with the Herbalife trade. You could probably explain this better than me. You know, He's planning a $2 billion IPO in Amsterdam. So uh, you get to pick, Mike. Uh, which of the stories would you like to talk about? No, uh, I think all of them have a common thread, which is that the world is starved for uh, for growth, and uh, everyone is forced uh, a little bit higher and higher on the risk curve, and uh, it's a global phenomenon. And uh, it's been a fun ride, both in the public markets and the private markets, obviously. And uh, um, there is a you know very uh, very common thread through all of all of the three topics. So you kick it off. Um, we can we can good point. We can do the yellow flag part, which is the bills uh, bills call. That, all right. Uh, or, let's or, start with the let's start with the yellow flag because I've had uh, wrongly a foot out the door for probably since February. Uh, I've been chopped around. I uh, Ivan and I whether it, you know swing trading is working, but. You know that's not that's not investing. Uh, anything that I that I'm comfortable investing, other than Nike and Apple, and even Google has kind of stalled out after a great run. Uh, but now the banks are working. There's not much working other than large cap names. Under the surface, there's not much to brag about. You know the Teslas and the Pricelines and the Chipotle's and, and the Momo names are working. And then Bill Gurley sits down with the Wall Street Journal and. Uh, uh, peas on the market, the yellow flag, and but at the same time uh, says he's going to continue to invest, and so I, I think he's he's had the hot hand. So you have to listen to a guy with the hot hand. What do you think here? No, and let's not forget that Bill Bill uh, obviously got um, uh, that interview uh, uh, out there with the Journal, but we got very quick seconds by um, the two other prominent investors, both Mark Andreessen and Fred Wilson. Um, uh, echoed that you know that, that there was something to listen to here. Uh, you know, Fred focused on the burn rate aspect, which is uh, which is one of the key points that um, that Bill uh, obviously made. Uh, so yeah, I, I think it's a it's you know the, the 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 major investors are calling a yellow flag. It's a, it's a bit reminiscent uh, uh, of the Sequoia call in 2008. If you rem- you know you remember that hour, obviously. The, but in uh, 2008, we were going to zero. Here, we're going to infinity. So I like Bill Gurley's call. It comes during a week where benchmarks rumored to be bidding up in the 750 valuation range for for um, Tinder, uh, which is an app where uh, somehow whenever I turn it on, I get introduced to a guy. So it's never worked for me, but it's... It's an app that seems to be working for everybody. Although the more people I talk to about Tinder, but how did you make sure that you had the setting right on Tinder? You know, I keep, I keep, 
I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm using my phone upside down or swishing the right wrong way. But I've got Hector and Javier and a lot of people, uh, a lot of men uh, that I'm getting matched with. So Tinder doesn't work for me. It seems to be a, a hot name. Uh, it makes sense it's an, it's an interactive Sam because dating is so uh, fleeting. You know, it basically, in talking to uh, some women that work with me last night, they were saying that, you know, men just basically have to wake up and, and don't do anything. And it's just become so easy that men aren't even trying anymore. So I think, you know, sign of the times, these, these apps don't seem to me, other than the data, which could be really powerful, to have, you know, just, woof. it seems to me that, you know, at a time when you're waving a yellow flag and talking about one of the most uh, difficult to manage type businesses, relationships and hookups, uh, you're talking out of both sides of your mouth, but he's got a hot hand. And I think the, the most interesting point, yeah, if they, he echoes Fred and and Mark Andreessen, but the real estate in San Francisco is for sure in the too hot to touch zone. So, I mean, he, he pulls that in too. I mean, how can this end? You've seen everything at Goldman. You've probably seen uh, real estate booms in certain areas of the world. Uh, how could this possibly end without a, an implosion. No, I mean, it's, it's very important to remember that everything runs in cycles. And um, the best uh, secular case um, that can be made for the Internet today um, is, is, is multiples of what, um, you know, we had back in the 90s. Um, it's obviously a much bigger market. Companies can be profitable much faster. Um, uh, people aren't investing on just a dream. There's, uh, there's opportunities for... Um, land grabs in so many categories and so on, and, and that comes comes through loud and clear in what Bill was talking about, where you know on the one hand he's obviously concerned about um, about the valuation, about the real estate thing that you talked about, where uh, San Francisco uh, realtors are now asking for ten year leases, which is, who who would sign that? I mean, and the landlord is not protected for ten years. I mean, guy, you know, like in Lehman, you're making three million a year one day, and the next minute you're making zero. I mean, the same thing can happen in tech. Salesforce could fire a thousand execs because that's all they have to do to cut costs. They don't have any other costs except food, uh, people, and rent. So um, it's inevitable that they're going to slash people in the in a, in a slowdown. And those people who have bought houses in 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 high priced areas are not going to be able to replace those jobs. The Salesforce cutting, everybody's cutting. So, how could this end well? And who signs a ten year lease? What kind of lunatic signs a ten year lease? Well, it, it sounds like it, it, it is an issue. Uh, I know I know a number of startups that I'm I'm involved in. You know, real estate is one of the one of the craziest uh, challenges right now in the Bay Area. I'm I'm actually in San Francisco at a lease space, and it's one of our you know for, for one of my startups. That's actually one of the critical issues. So it is it is a it is a pain point. Um, but at the same time, uh, silver lining relative to the 90s back then, all the the landlords were asking for a piece of the company because uh, the IPOs would, you know, uh, obviously uh, generally do very well until they didn't. And uh, and this time around, they're asking for 10-year leases because these are private companies. And it's interesting. We've not heard the hue and cry like the last time that, uh, you know, people want to be paid in equity yet. But I guess that will that will come as well. The other thing I'll just highlight is, you know, just coming back to the cycle of, um, the, you know, that we forget that 
the, these are cycles. Uh, Bill Bill touched on this in his discussion, but you know uh, everyone worships right now. You know the flood of twenty five year old entrepreneurs who are um, who are uh, dropping out of Wall Street, dropping out of you know the traditional paths, and all want to start companies. And we got to remember that you know they were they were barely twelve years old in uh, two thousand one when the last one broke, and so the the uh, the institutional memory, the muscle memory of of this stuff is as 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 Bill put it, is definitely not there. History does repeat, and uh, and so so the yellow flag I think is timely. At the same time, you know, Bill talked about uh, the challenge of uh, having to be in the field that you absolutely need to be chasing. Uh, all the leader, you know, leadership companies. Uh, he actually tweeted right after that. I think uh, later in the day, um, how um, you know the Minecraft transaction, where um, you know Microsoft bought uh, uh, the third largest gaming company for two and a half uh, billion and change. Uh, that you know, uh, Gurley and and a number of other VCs, everyone had been chasing that founder, and uh, and and they couldn't they couldn't get into that company, and they would have. You know that would have been another headline valuation deal if it had happened on the venture side. Oh, I didn't. Okay, so that's interesting. So, so there's so right. There's so few great companies and teams. I mean, I was reading this the, this metric the other day that twenty five billion dollar companies since mobile internet companies since the iPhone was started. That's not, as much as those are huge numbers, that's not a lot of great companies to go around. Uh, and that's where all the, the great uh, the numbers have been. So you can see how they are talking out of both sides of their mouth. They've got to latch on to the great ones. And uh, there's so much competition for the great ones because everybody has cash. Microsoft, Google, Yahoo, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter. There's so much cash out there. It's hard to foresee an end, a serious end to this move, uh, unless we go into hyperbolic. Uh, but there's been such good rotation. You know, if I look at the stock market and all these markets are connected, you got casinos down 30 percent. Uh, you've got uh, a lot of growth stocks down 20, 30 percent. You do have the strength in the biotech and some of the big names, but there's these rotating, not massive corrections, but you know. 10 to 20 percent corrections, and in some cases 30 percent corrections. I'm still not excited about uh, certain stocks, but there there is this rotation, not this hyperbolic continued uh, uh, enthusiasm. And volumes are low. Um, obviously, volumes aren't represented well by derivatives and and options, but volumes are still low, and people aren't really talking about the stock market still. So, you know, maybe it's just a good thing that he's being cautious here. And just got to put it as a data point. But the San Francisco stuff has me scratching my head. The San, San Francisco has me scratching my head. Well, that's that's uh, that's obviously a local phenomenon, and, and we, we need to worry about that. The one thing I would say uh, relative to the 1990s and today is that startups are much more diversified, far more diversified than in the 90s in terms of where we find the big hits. There's, you know, uh, uh, I don't have the numbers off my head, but... Today you're you're just as likely to find some great you know great hits um, on the East Coast, uh, uh, other parts of of the U.S. Obviously around the world, uh, you know, and that obviously leads us to Alibaba, where you've got an entity that uh, is um, is as much of an internet treasure uh, as uh, you know Mark Pincus and Eric Schmidt uh, used to 
call these companies uh, in you know the, the ones we recognize here, Facebook and uh, Google and Twitter and Apple, um, as, as any of them, and uh, and yet it's it's relatively unknown to to us because uh, we do, we don't speak Mandarin, and you know yet it's it's a, it's a colossus. Uh, um, and if if you don't speak Mandarin, I think you just cut to the the point right here, and you don't understand the market. How do you put your head around Alibaba? Like what like you were you ran Goldman's research or you created it. Uh, you know, it's coming up for public. You would have had a job back then to have gotten try and get in that deal. How does anyone get their head around something this big? And what are the interesting things and nervous things about this that you've been talking about? Well just on the Goldman side, I mean that that's the only place I've ever worked in my life and there. So I'm actually, you know, as a as an alum and, and a former partner, I'm proud that Goldman's obviously um, uh, co-lead, if not lead, on this transaction. So that's you know just just a parochial comment there. Um, but in terms of um, uh, in terms of uh, the, the the Alibaba itself, obviously they've done a phenomenal execution job on 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 the, the e-commerce and the advertising and uh, and uh, spaces. And created an entity that has is essentially an internet conglomerate of you know what we consider separate companies here. Uh, plus, they've um, uh, done also a critically important job of uh, making sure that they have their networked at the highest core levels within the Chinese uh, government, uh, which which obviously is is a key necessity to to thrive the way they have. There was an article yesterday about how. Um, some of the uh, uh, the the key generals who run the People's Liberation Army for decades are core investors through some of the uh, components into 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 Alibaba. So, uh, in terms of all of the pieces, uh, the the company's going got right now, and and the, the growth elements. It's all, on a fundamental basis. It all seems to be running on on all cylinders. The one thing I would just uh, highlight. I mean, there are a number of cautionary items that we should always be keeping in mind. Um, you know, all of these things work until they don't. And, right. and, 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 and uh, uh, you know, just again, tying back to the earlier conversation that we had about, you know, Bill Gurley's comment. Bill was talking about it in the context of tech venture and private companies in terms of the yellow flag. We talked a little bit about Sequoia uh, in 2008, which was 99% of macro, the world is falling apart call. If there's one place in the world where there is a, a teeny bit higher probability of the world falling apart a little bit, and it may not be in the markets, is is China on a, on, a, on the macro economy. Yep. And obviously, you know, everyone's been worried about the credit poor profile and economic growth, and and the numbers in the last few weeks have been a little bit lower than expected. So, um, so one always has to keep an eye on, you know, that that there is a macro element um, uh, that could affect Alibaba sooner than uh, than many of the things that we're talking about here. But obviously, because all of these are linked and, and people are looking, you know, these valuations are cross-connected because uh, anytime, you know, whether uh, I, I was, you know, uh, if I was doing this, the job that I used to do, you know, we, we're all looking at the same comps, you know, we're looking at the social media companies around the world, the big ones, and, and looking at them relative to where they were when they were, went public and where they are now, etc. And all, all of those comps, uh, the bankers who've been involved and the analysts who've been involved in Alibaba have done their job of making sure that they've um, uh, they've uh, orchestrated the uh, the pricing, the initial price range, the the, the the most recently raised price range, and 
and all the the institutions the, that are going to have to cough up twenty five billion dollars, uh, and 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 the big ones are buying this in billion dollar chunks. Um, have done their homework to see the valuation works in the context of both of the risk and reward. Um, it's not purely a momentum trade, but you have to be you know going in with eyes open, obviously, in the context of the macro issues in and in terms of the specific issues in terms of the the way the companies, the various units of Alibaba are structured, what investors actually own because of the of the um, of the uh, rules in China in terms of what assets are held. There is obviously a Kiretsu within the Alibaba structure where there are a lot of the really cool parts of Alibaba are actually um, in separate structures like Alipay, which on some estimates is is worth anywhere from um, uh, 75 to another hundred billion dollars as an example uh, right. uh, so 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 uh, so as a, as a major institutional investor you're gonna have to keep you're probably gonna have to have you know three or four analysts keeping keeping an eye on this uh, yeah. uh, as opposed to one because there are so many moving parts it's a conglomerate and and for that reason uh, for individual investors uh, you know you, you it's, it's, a, it's a little bit even more daunting task to make sure you you know what you own here as Jim Cramer. Yeah. yeah, as I as I would say, it's like if you can't figure out a true if a company doesn't have a true essence of being around and a catalyst for growth, they they are it's like buying a growth country at this point. And you know, it's, it's just such a ginormous country. It's like how do they continue to gobble things up? And uh, it just doesn't interest me. I don't know, Alibaba obviously from from your side of the world very interesting execution, global play, and obviously some great companies. And the original Alibaba site, so interesting the way it used to be. And I remember in, I don't know, 08, 09, the way people used it to get weird parts and, and you know, uh, stuff done. And it was so easily dismissible. Uh, that's the beauty of Alibaba is what they did with that wedge that they created. But now it's just become the celebration of a conglomerate, which is cool, but, you know, way past my knowledge or way past my pay grade of trying to care about or understand. But I'm sure you can appreciate it from so many levels. Such a, such a interesting time in the market for sure that they've been able to, you know, considering where we were in 08, to where we are today, you know, from the Sequoia cell to the girly cell. Um, and I wouldn't say girly saying cell, but from the Sequoia panic to the girly, wor- to the girly worry, you've got about 1300 S&P points and I don't know, maybe a thousand percent in the t- to 2000% gains in, you know, certain VC funds. Um, so, uh, you know, and, I think there's Howard probably another an additional billion users of the internet that didn't exist uh, six seven years ago because uh, you know the iPhone had just barely come out and, and there was barely a, there was no iPad and 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 uh, you've got a lot of these fortunes. I mean, you talk about Uber. Uber couldn't have existed without those things. Uh, Uber couldn't have ex- existed either without like a Google Maps. So it's probably iPhone and Google Maps mm-hmm. have driven. Uh, and obviously mapping products in China that they've bought a map and other mapping products. Um, but you're right. Uh, so you're thinking it's about a billion people that have come on since Apple, since uh, iPhone? In, in terms of mobile internet on smartphones and so on, and, and then right now the, the consensus number of people talk about is 2 billion users. 
um, mobile web, etc., and that, that's supposed to be three, three and a half billion in the next uh, two or three years, um, as as uh, smartphones, you know, really uh, expand into the emerging markets. You saw Google's Google's uh, announcement yesterday of a hundred dollar phone for India, which, by the way, is going to be the next one that we're obviously all going to be talking about in the next two or three years, because uh, India has not had its China moment yet, and it's it's still about the same, about 1.2 billion people. Um, it's just that they've been, you know, half a decade to a decade behind in terms of broadband penetration in India, whereas China has uh, been obviously further along as a result. China has 600 million internet users, uh, you know, a uh, combination of mobile and uh, wow. The, the uh, web. Um, Can you imagine if they had the NFL? How good, how big Pepsi and Doritos would be if if the Chinese oh, like the NFL? No, everything, everything, everything is gets supersized when you look at China. And that. <laughs> I mean, six hundred million NFL fans would be pretty insane. You know how many? You know, I mean, that's a lot of elevator cameras that we'd have to install to protect people. The uh, it's just the numbers in India are staggering, but they aren't the same. I mean, I understand if everything worked perfectly. Oranges, and I mean, if you look at raw numbers, look. I mean, the U.S. market is obviously one of the more mature ones. It's 277 million users. Europe is is a very big number, 546, but it's cut across uh, 28 countries and in bunches of languages and so on. So you know, it doesn't ever. You know, you you see national companies. You you don't see cross EU, EU companies other than yeah. this the world, etc. So amazing, so amazing. And and the way I look at it is like, hey, it's great if India works because it'll be great for the American companies that do business there. You know, I try and keep it uh, a little simple. But from a banking perspective, you're right. India is just, you know, all the young, talented people are thinking about China and India and maybe Latin America. And but the U.S. with the U.S. dollar and it's still defying skeptics. You know, the the worst call of all time has to be. Uh, you know, ripping on the Fed for for printing money. We were supposed to die from inflation. Nobody stood up and taken, you know, as bad as the Sequoia call was, uh, they were talking out of one side of their ass and writing checks out of the other side. So uh, Sequoia wrote checks. For those people that were just mouthpieces to the Fed creating inflation and ending the world. I think I think Colin Roche, a friend of mine, wrote that, you know, this five-year time period should be enough. For the people saying that was the end of the world, uh, they sure have missed a lot. Um, so really an, an amazing time. And, and to, to wrap it up around amazing is Wall Street. Wall Street's back. Your former uh, alma mater, uh, party capital of the world, Goldman Sachs, is uh, pretty much owns Lower Manhattan. So congrats on that. Did you get? Do you have an office if you went in there? And would you be strip searched at this point? If could you carry a gun into the new Goldman headquarters or no? Everyone gets searched into into the. Into the <laughs> but, uh, you get an office. You actually you actually get an office. I think I get a I, I get a drink. I. No, they charge for their food there. I've been to Goldman, and I don't know if it was because I was a guest, but I, it was expensive. It was like going to a fine restaurant at their cafeteria. Have you been to the new Goldman headquarters downtown in uh, in Battery? No, it's a, it's a, it's a pretty 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 cool building. It's um, spectacular, uh, spectacular. I I take my hat off to Goldman uh, because as much as I hate the, the squid, I love the squidellas like you, and and I love. Uh, what they've done for Lower Manhattan with all their uh, cashola and green. Uh, I don't know who could afford to live there in the future with uh, Goldman 
but it'll be a safe place, and it'll be a place of 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 growth uh, with that building and and money being poured into Lower Manhattan. Would you agree with that? Well, I mean, you know, and there's there's a, there's a few few million square feet now available at the at the at the new World Trade Center site too. So, um, relatively speaking, there's you know we were talking about office space. There's uh, office space downtown is still re- you know relatively more attractive than midtown stuff and and obviously the whole silicon valley uh, silicon alley thing has been huge in manhattan as well and they've taken up everything in the middle of those two points so all the boroughs are doing very well um but to just to uh, touch on the wall street thing you know you since you, you know we were you'd mentioned dan Loeb and um yeah, well, Dan Loeb raised two hundred and seventy-six million last year to take take himself public, and now Ackman's doing it. So is this is this another signal? You got Gurley, you got Alibaba, you've got uh, you know the S and P trending up for I don't know four hundred days in a row above the two hundred day moving average, and now you have Ackman, who is right, who 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 it's turned out to be uh, obviously he's a really smart man and up to his own theatrics, but now on the right side probably of the, assuming he held this herbal life trade and added to it, is on the right side of this trade and is now monetizing through a $2 billion IPO in, in, um, in uh, Amsterdam. Uh, is this what you would do? I mean, it sounds smart. He's deferring. He's, he's it's, about, smart. it's about two key words, permanent capital. Uh, and uh, and obviously uh, you know in in today's uh, world again you know in a yield starved growth starved world where uh, as you pointed out there's huge amounts of capital and people are looking to invest um, and we've seen this again cyclically you know uh, not too long ago almost uh, you know a number of the big private equity firms uh, went to permanent capital in terms of um, uh, IPOs around the world. Uh, and then you had uh, BDCs and all the PE companies, also the business development companies that also went public and raised billions of dollars, again, permanent capital. Um, you had hedge fund complexes. You mentioned Perry Capital. You mentioned Oxif, who are contemporaries of mine Goldman, are, 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 are examples. And what Ackman's doing is, uh, is you know, is one of the first ones in the context of active, active, uh, activism investing. And, uh, and so it's part of that cycle. And, it's, uh, you know, it's... Uh, People are handing out money. Is, so to get it. is Icon not considered an activist investor, or is, oh, or is Ackman the no, way? Are they one and the same? Just uh, you know, you, 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 he's he's obviously, um, and he's been doing very cool things and and innovative things in the context of using all the tools at his disposal, including social media, yep. and your favorite uh, CNBC. Uh, <laughs> so always- so. You- so Ackman, I think the the three key words of today are uh, yield, you said it, uh, growth, and permanent capital. The rich or the smart uh, are always seeking permanent capital, as Ackman does. And as good as he is, he's probably been stressed over the last year as he's taken so much press and risk on himself and the brand that now that he's weathered that, uh, the upside is he can get permanent capital, and for that we say touche, well done. Correct? Yep. And as you pointed out, he did it in Amsterdam. Did in Amsterdam, which means he can have endless falafel and cigars, uh, Cuban cigars, and uh, he obviously loves red lights. So, so, so touche there. And 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 they're using street level certificates. I think in Amsterdam you can still trade. Uh, uh, stocks at, at street level. 
So street certificates. So uh, people will be handing out shares of Ackman as if they're leaflets or concert tickets. So uh, way to go, Bill. Um, you and I need to do this. We need some permanent capital, Michael, for our next venture called uh, Falafel uh, Velocity uh, Permanente. Really yeah, good. we're going to have a falafel fund, Mike and I, so we're, we will be taking uh, orders for that. But Bill, Bill talks, so Bill deals with permanence. I think the Bill, the Alibaba and the Bill Gurley story uh, you sum up are all about, uh, the, you know, the, the need for yield. There's so much cash out there and the focus on growth and the funnel is, you know, getting thinner as, as wide of the, there's so much money coming in this narrow funnel that, uh, we, you know, the cycle is, is, seems like it's drawing more to a close than it is at the beginning. We can probably agree on that. No, I, 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 uh, I think it's critical to keep in mind that these are cycles, even secular trends. And there's a lot of a lot of exciting secular trends in the tech stuff, in terms of deflation that we've t- you know you've touched on in terms of inflation, deflation. Those are lo- those are you could argue number of uh, secular pre- uh, uh, tailwinds on that. But but absolutely we're we're going to see some hiccups along the way. And you've got to as a, as a smart investor, individual, institutional, you've absolutely got to be very thoughtful about that. All right. All right, my man. I think we help people. I definitely help myself You pulling all these streams together. I think people need to uh, not so much uh, get down in the granular some days, but kind of take a look at the big stories and what the big investors are doing and get a feel for how they feel markets are connected. And we will uh, talk soon, Mike. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Eddie. Thank you, everybody.